You're listening to the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula Podcast. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. For more information, please visit oamidpeninsula.org. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Ifa Funke, and I'm a compulsive overeater. I think someone has my pictures. They're pretty uh, stimulating. So if you could put them up, that'd be great. So I'm Ifa Funke. I'm a compulsive reader. I'm very nervous sharing right now. And um, I've been speaker getter for the past six months. And that's been the hardest position I've ever done. <laughs> it's been really hard because I'm typically driving to work right now. So after I share, I'll have to put my camera off so I can start driving. And I, I always feel kind of guilty because I can't be in the meeting. And I think one of the other hardest parts has been, so this is my last time and I had a cheat code, which was me being the last speaker, <laughs> which is perfect because there's a lot going on right now to where I need to be the speaker. And I think another hard part has been reaching out to people and then they're like, oh, I'm not where I need to be or I should be, or I'm not abstinent. And every time I hear that, it's like, it feels like an angel loses its wings. That's just the best analogy because it's like, it's so it, it's heartbreaking because you know it happens. It could happen to me, God forbid. And I just know the pain of being there and still being in meetings or not being in meetings. And it's just like, it's just a one day at a time program. So I think that was the hardest part. That was me in, a, I think my senior year in college, I was the resident advisor and I did that whole decoration back there. And I was probably my top weight, which was maybe like 330, 340. And I'm pretty like short to average, I'm five foot four. And, um, it's probably like a size 26, 28 back then. And that was my college graduation. And I, I couldn't get um, a robe big enough. So I think I had to use someone who had just graduated that had to like special order theirs. And uh, those robes are pretty damn big, but I, I still couldn't fit it. And that the next picture is probably my lowest weight. That was me probably about six years ago. But it's not about the weight. <laughs> but the, the, the pictures are, are pretty. And that, that was the most recent picture I could find. I have a lot of children. So I'm always taking pictures of them. So to even have a picture of myself, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty funny. I'm, I'm a couple of people in the program. I just, all I do is take pictures of my kids all day. So um, I came to OA on a fluke. Well, it was a fluke to me, but not a fluke to God probably uh, 17 years ago. And it, it, I always have to tell this story because an aunt of mine came to our house and she was eating like all these fried meats and she'd lost like 60 pounds. And I was like, fried meats and losing weight, what? 
And then she told me, like, I don't even think she told me the name of the program she was in, and I'm not endorsing it, but that was like the trigger I needed. So something just told me, why don't you see if there's a program called Overeaters Anonymous? <laughs> like, God literally just speaks in direct ways like that. And thank God for the internet. So I searched it and I probably went to a meeting like the next day or a few days after. And at that point, I lived in San Francisco and I went to um, uh, a bulimics and anorexics meeting. And I didn't even really know what that was. It was just like, I mean, I did, but you're not, I, God, I was just so out of it. I was just like, well, it says Overeaters Anonymous. And I remember going there and hardly being able to fit in the seat because it was a seat with arms. And, um, the, the the topic was a writing meeting. And I, I for some reason, I, I heard write a poem to food. And that was like the first time I think I saw in like any kind of glimpse my relationship to food. And I felt like someone was asking me to kill the only thing that like I felt cared about me, like my only friend in the world. And uh, it was it was really, really hard. Um, so I went to meetings for uh, five years after that, and I would exercise a lot. I would try my own food plan, my own diet. I still felt perpetually different than everybody in the room. It was the one place where I felt the most seen, but not seen enough. Like the food plans didn't apply to me. Sponsorship definitely didn't apply to me because my self-esteem and the way I saw myself was just so skewed and so low that I couldn't fathom having like calling someone like it makes me want to cry. But even my first sponsor, the very fact that she gave me so much time was like mind blowing. Like I felt like I needed to send her roses every week or something because it was just like no one ever has shown me that kind of time or attention or like, it was like having a mother. I hate to say it, but that's what it was like. I grew up very, um, in a, like in the wild, wild west. Both my parents are drug addicts and alcoholics. And it was pretty clear that I was a mistake. And they had a lot of other children. And I moved all across the world. I was born in Africa. We moved to the United States. And my mom just like completely checked out. I mean, she was already checked out. Like she would be in one part of the country and I'd be in another with strangers. And all my siblings had like the same experience on my mom's side. So just really, really checked out. And um, so I came for five years and the program didn't apply to me because I was just too different. And then for some reason, God gave me the willingness to try something new. And I went to this program in OA called AWOL. It's a way of life where you study the 12 steps intensely with a, a group of people. And one of the requirements was that you have to have a sponsor. And I'd made a friend in program and she just gave me, well, she was the one who recommended AWOL and my hand just went up one day and I said, yeah, like, can, 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 can I have a sponsor please? <laughs> and someone said, yeah. And I'll fast forward a little bit, but oh my God, do not, I'm, we're, we're, I think I, there are no newcomers in this meeting, but do not go to program and not work the steps. Cause it's just like, you're just, really wasting a lot of time, a lot of time. And like during the first step, I got to see how much food caused a problem in my life, which for some reason, like eating is so insidious that not being almost 400 pounds, not being able to fit into airplane seats, 
feeling extremely suicidal and isolated all the time. I still couldn't put two and two together. Like it, it was that insidious and doing the first step for the first time, writing it out and telling someone else, I'm like, oh my God, I have all these issues. Like people making fun of me, not having friends, strangers throwing things at me on the street, having to have seatbelt extensions. I mean, it was just a matter of time before I had to buy like two, two seats on an airplane. And I went to a, a quarter university. So every 10 weeks, damn near every five weeks, I was on a plane going back and forth somewhere. So <clears throat> that was amazing. And uh, probably 11 years into it, my life like completely changed. I met someone, we got pregnant, I got pregnant. And then two months after that, I got pregnant again. So I literally had three children in 2020. I had a single baby in January and then twins in December. And I, I, I'm not a Kardashian fan, but I kind of am. And I used to think in my head, if I ever have a baby, I'm going to be like one of those women that just snaps back and everyone's going to be like, how'd you do it? And the whole time I was pregnant, I was in so much trauma about the weight gain. I didn't enjoy the pregnancy. All I saw was like a fat blob. I hate to refer to myself that way, but that's all I thought about all the time was my weight gain. And of course, I'm a compulsive overeater. So it wasn't like I wasn't eating to gain the weight. <clears throat> and uh, it just it just got to I, I couldn't even tell you what happened during most of the pregnancy and during like the first year of my first daughter's life, because it was just well, one, there was a lot going on, but I was just so locked in the weight and food. And then um, I still I never lost like total abstinence. Like I wasn't eating super sugary, ultra fatty things, but it was always just borderline with the guise of pregnancy. And then um, I still had a sponsor. I was still working this. I knew to do that. I started doing this another intensive 12 step probably four years ago. And it's funny because we're just now on step four. <laughs> so it's really intense <laughs> with another person. Just because I knew that like, I, I, I'd like to think I can handle this, but I know I can't. And in February of 2020, my seven month old son died. Seven months, he was seven weeks and he has a twin sister and then she was hospitalized. And I swear, I, 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 I can't tell you that I have, I, I've got like a fraction of 1% of the answers. Because God, I'm still not very happy, not very happy. I don't like what happened at all. I don't understand it, but I can see how God is taking care of me. Because at that point, I could have probably gone completely off the deep end. I remember the night they were taking my son to the hospital, he'd already completely lost consciousness. And I was on my at three o'clock in the morning outside, just pointing to the sky, like, God, please don't let my son die and he died anyways and I could have gone with him because my my thinking can get pretty pretty damn low and it could have sent me completely spiraling into isolation and fear and then God gave me the willingness to try something new so I asked someone who I really admire in the how program to work with me and I, I had no interest in how I didn't even know what you guys did <laughs> And then for the first two months, I thought you guys are crazy with that goddamn food plan. <laughs> Excuse my language. I curse a lot. But since joining HAL, my life has completely changed. 
And it's funny because in OA, it changed a lot. And this program is quickly, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And I'm amazed that when it's slow, it's really slow. Like, very <laughs> slow. And it's probably going to be for the rest of my life slow. But it still works. And doing the steps and how has been really... 10 minutes. Because I see how I got that. It's like I've been asleep for most of my life. <laughs> There's so many things that I was not aware of about the world or about myself. And I can say maybe it's because I was in so much trauma, just trying to survive. I mean, I, I didn't even know, like, what seasons were. I know, like, winter, spring, summer, fall. But I'm, I was so locked in my head that... I couldn't tell you, oh, the sun is over there and then our it's going to be over there. It's not because I didn't know these things. I was just, I'm completely detached from things and myself a lot of the times. Or like even daylight savings time, I can be, I used to be so detached that I didn't notice like the body clock kind of trying to get adjusted. It was just like, go, 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 try to get things done. But um, so the steps have definitely helped me a lot. They've helped me in how specifically um, increase my self-awareness, my self-esteem, be way more aware of my codependency. And um, I was thinking about codependency yesterday and I, I have these running ruminating negative thoughts that happen a lot. <laughs> And I, I always try to question why. I'm a very spiritual person. And I, I, I know that like everything has like a backstory. And with the running negative thoughts, it's basically like this codependent way where it's easier for me to focus on somebody else or something else, even imaginary, than my own self and my own feelings. And it's really funny. It's almost like I'm, like I'm going to meditate on myself and this boogie monster is going to go, ah, don't look at me. But that's, like I said, that's how detached I've been from my life and my experiences. So one of the most amazing things that's happened <laughs> is like, you could have told me 17 years ago, this was a spiritual program. I'm like, that's great. This really is a spiritual program. And the weight and the food are just like <laughs> a fraction, just a symptom of it. So I was reading the big book as um, I get, we agnostics for the steps. And I think they were talking about like, you know, some people go to church and have, so I was like, well, my, my rationale was literally, there's probably 3 billion Christians in the world and I'm pretty smart, but I'm probably not smarter than 3 billion people. <laughs> so let me try going to church. And I grew up in a traditional atheist Muslim household. So for me to go to church is pretty miraculous. I mean, I was thinking this morning, we might as well have had a placard our front door that said like organized religion is for people that can't think for themselves. That's literally how I was trained. And church has been, I'm not like promoting this. I'm just saying my own spiritual experience. It's one, it's been really interesting for me because I, I tend to be so isolated that I run away from relationships with people. So the fact that I even look forward to like fellowship or like talking to other people and I'm not completely locked in myself. It's incredibly, um, well, it's had a, a, a hand in, in my relationship with 
my higher power. And that's still developing like a lot, but that's probably the, the key of my share today is my relationship with my higher power is um, for today. I can see that there's very little that I control and the, the things that I can have some control over is mostly my relationship with myself, which as I told you, I, I run like hundred mile dash away from that sometimes. And, um, I say the third step prayer every day of God grant me the serenity. Well, no, that's the serenity prayer. Um, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as I will. Believe me of the bondage of self that I, so that I may better be of service to myself and others. I forget it because I'm kind of nervous right now. But that used to like, I'm like, okay, they wrote it in this book for a good reason. But what? I surrender myself to thee? Why would I do that? And then I'm like, oh, life goes a lot easier when I'm constantly checking in with God. And I'm st I have so much evidence that things go better when I ask God for his will instead of trying to, uh, thank you, inflect my own will on situations. And trust me, I'm not perfect. It, it literally like, it just comes and it goes and it's coming more often than not. And, um, and then the service part, why would I want to be of service to others? God, I got a problem with codependency. Apparently that's not what that means. When I'm more in the world and not hyper-focused on myself, it increases my self-esteem because I'm not hyper-focused on myself. Because when I'm hyper-focused on myself, it's just a matter of time before it turns into like an attack, a self-induced attack on me. And being of service to other people is not only humbling, but it's like community building because I get to see that I'm not perpetually different and other people have very similar issues or very different issues, but we're all in this together. And it's been dawning on me lately the my ego and i don't i i don't i don't much fancy the idea of letting my ego over to god because it one it just seems really boring and it, i feel like i'll be asked to do things that i don't want to do and i my ego doesn't really want to be that humble towards the world and higher power but sometimes i'm hit with these realizations that all I can do right now is be in my own body and try to be of as much service to the situation or the person directly in front of me as possible. Because otherwise I just end up with like an emotional hangover. I don't know if that makes, it, 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 it makes sense to me. Like yesterday I had this client and she had just lost her sister and uh, she had a horrible attitude. I have a, I'm a, clothing designer and she came to my shop like a horrible attitude and before I went to her I had this mind of just let me be of service because when someone's lost someone it's just like bananas and she's she, her attitude got even worse and then my attitude got bad and then I was just like well fuck it <laughs> I didn't say that because and then they left and I was able to just go that's what it was. This is how I feel. I'm not able to like go and mother someone that I don't know 
into like this experience of like, oh, death is a part of life. And I just lost my mother-in-law and my son and my sister. And it was just like, it, it, it stung a little bit, but just more able to let it go because I don't control everything. How much more time do I have? That's probably the end of it. I think you're muted. Two minutes. I had to look, sorry. So um, definitely this program has helped me be more aware of codependency, helped me to increase my self-esteem. There's a lot more work that needs to be done, but just awareness of it. I feel less alone and less isolated. I definitely can see higher power working in my life. And I think what like my childish view of God is like, you know what kid, I'd be like, you know what? We've had such a hard time. So here's the lottery. You won the whole lottery. Instead, it's like, oh, God told me to take the 680 instead of the 880. And I got to work 10 minutes early. <laughs> or, uh, you know, the garbage man came in time. This is just my interpretation of higher power. Or like some, just really mundane things that I'm more able to see now that completely shift my day. Or like I have the, the wherewithal to, I live really far away from all my work, wherewithal to get gas last night. And there's like one, there's a crash today. So that would have taken an extra 30 minutes out of my time. Or, you know, it's simple as like, well, why don't you cook all the meat tonight? And then it turns out tomorrow night, I didn't even have time to make dinner. So, and it's already prepared. Just really small Monday. I really love to win the lottery. Maybe I'm like, we're, we're building our relationship up there, but I'll leave on this fear, faith over fear. Look, I think this will be the concept, the sharing topic. I, I'm, I've had the step work of writing, of seeing how much my thoughts in my life and my actions are based on fear and how I can shift that over step-by-step step to having faith because I don't run the show, thanks.